Hello and welcome to the Wild Horseman Podcast, where we troll the depths of the streaming services for movies with the most epic deaths. I'm Tom. I'm Witty. And I'm Ollie. And today we find out what a merman really looks like. have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Get this party started! I seriously believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. Somebody sent those things here to get us. You're missing the point. They want to see us punished. So we've just finished watching The Cabin in the Woods on Amazon Prime. Is that correct? Yes. Horseman. Plot summary. 30 seconds. No worries, mate. Um, this movie is basically leads you to believe early uh, that two different things are happening. It's the typical teenage uh, young adult horror um, with the, the double up of it being an organized murder plot, basically. As the movie progresses, we realise there's an organisation, fuck knows who they are, whether the American government or what, that is setting up some young people to be killed for ritual purposes to effectively save the world. And this seemingly happens all across the world, whether it's annually or every 10 years, I have no idea. I think it's quite regular. Um, and basically, the cabin in the woods itself is the site that these poor bastards go to to be heinously murdered. Yeah, I think it's every year because I think when they're taking bets at one point, he says, you know better luck next year or something because she bets on zombies or something random. So I think every year they have these uh, rituals across like Buenos Aires. Uh, was it Well, they Japan, showed a bunch of places. Stockholm, I think it's like America, Stockholm and yeah. And they and only one of them's got to succeed for to end, prevent the end of the world, something like that, Woody. So basically what we're looking at is there's a, a bunch of ancient gods living beneath the earth and each year they're is a ritual to sacrifice um, the whore, the athlete, the fool, and so the scholar and the virgin. So basically, four out of the five have to die, if not all five. Um, Virgin's optional. Yeah, the virgin's optional. <laughs> <laughs> as I uh, said, so yeah. and it's got to happen in that order as well, doesn't it? Like the the virgin has to be last or not at all. But then. Yeah, that's why they obviously called up about it. The scholar died before the fool. We thought that Marty had died, but Holden ended up getting killed first. And that obviously set off a chain reaction of events for them to be alerted to what was going on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this movie was written by um, Joss Whedon, or he partly wrote it, um, along with the, the director. Um, Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard, yeah. Uh, and basically they sat down and I think it took them... Three days to write it, basically. Three when they, days. When they decided that... That um, does not surprise me at all. 
for not for negative reasons. I love this movie, but it, it's it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Like the plot when you watch it all the well, way through, you could bang this out in three days. Yeah, well, basically they decided to take all the tropes from classic horror movies, and especially Cabin in the Wood movies. Like that. this movie is called Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> and basically make a parody of it, but with some sort of mega twist. Yeah, and that's pretty good. I mean, basically, like you said it when we there's a, the, when they arrive at the cabin, you even ask, "Is that the cabin from Evil Dead?" It could be, hundred percent. And you just made me realize, like, there's so many movies out there where the fucking biggest problem that people have is a cabin in the woods, and like, so this is taking the piss out of Evil Dead. But then there's Cabin Fever. Then there's Blair Witch. Like, you can just start naming these movies to yourself. And it's like, wow, everyone lives in a cabin who's evil. It's just fucking... Even, like, we did Tale and Tucker, Dale and Tucker vs. Evil. They've got a cabin because that's a piss take as well. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just fucking Cabins everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just a I mean, staple it, in horror. Yeah. I mean, we did uh, Severance. That was a cabin, wasn't that it? That was a fucking cabin. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. surprised any woods left with all these fucking wood <laughs> cabins, mate. <laughs> I guess it's, it's titled a, a, sci- uh, a science fiction horror comedy and i think that they've done a great job of rolling all of that into one i didn't think it could possibly exist but it's definitely got a bit of a joss whedon feel with the um comedic flair and of course hemsey as well um but i think what they really did did well at is there is not a lot of scene change there the focus of the movie is a lot on uh dialogue and spending time whichever scene it may be, not in different areas, but different characters explaining what's going on. So, if you've watched a full-length movie, there's probably, what, four scenes? Uh, four sets, sorry. Four sets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. It's very dialogue-driven. If you're not paying attention, you get to the end and be like, I don't really know what was happening in that movie because they explain so much of it in just like random discussions between like the two guys who control the whole simulation um, the characters sort of as they un, un, sort of uncover it and then Sigourney Weaver right at the end just sort of lays it all out just <laughs> if you haven't sort of worked out what's going on at this point. Um, but if, you, if you're sort of just watching it and not really paying attention, you get to the end and be like, yeah, that's kind of a good movie, but I don't really get it. Yeah, well, I mean, especially because um, Bradley Whitford and Trevor Jenkins, the two main guys in the control room. Richard ro- Jenkins. Richard Jenkins, my bad. Um, roll up to work like any other day. They've just They've done this many times before and that's a real... Cool throwback, I think, to things like um, the original book about like I Am Legend. That book starts in the middle of his day killing zombies. So to him, it's the same shit, different day. So if you're not paying attention, they're not giving that much away because there has to be no lead-in. But then they explain as they go because they... And I've got a question for you guys about um, about the whole setup thing as well because they mentioned it themselves, like the punting. But... Um, but yeah, those guys are just like, I'm at work now. It's going to be a fucker of a weekend if everyone's a bit uptight and we're going to dominate this. We've done it before. And just like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? But then as you get into the movie, you're like, oh, right. These guys are just working for some crazy ass government agency. And it's really fucking cool. But if you were like not paying attention, you'd be like, oh, where's the explanation? It's like, well, it's all the way through it for you. Yeah, and then Sigourney does wrap it up. You're a fucking bag for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for the morons at the end who haven't worked it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so this movie was shot in between March and May 2009, but it wasn't released widely until 2012, um, although I did get a short release in 2011, but mostly because MGM, the studio that made it, basically went bankrupt, I think. They went bankrupt. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. MGM? Yeah, so they had to sell the rights to this and another movie. Red Dawn. Red Dawn, another Chris Hemsworth movie. Um, Terrible. 
Oh, I didn't mind it. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> Dawn. Yeah. That's the ripoff of John Martin's book. He dies in that as well. Yeah. yeah. We won't mind. be doing that one on the phone. No, 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 no. It doesn't really. Doesn't, doesn't really. Yeah, for starting from MGM. And they end up with, and with Lionsgate, who um who released it in 2012. And uh, Ollie, it's probably a good, good chance for you to have a bit of a guess at how much it cost to make and how much it made because uh, I think you'd be surprised, I reckon. Well, goddamn! I hope it made a fair bit if MGM fucking folded. I guess they didn't. Did you say Lionsgate actually put it out officially? Yeah. Okay, so I guess they took it over. But um, I mean, MGM is a big deal company. If they were the main producers, you've got uh, Sigourney. She's demanding coin. Um, very small part, though. I'll, get, I'll say that. Um, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, uh, Whitford should be demanding fairly big chunks, especially Jenkins, because he's been doing everything recently. And then you got the hem. I mean, he's back in the day. I think you guys made a point about whether he had been Thor yet. Yeah. What, what stage of the hem's career was his? So he was. He filmed this before, before Thor. So he hadn't done but Thor level de- shit. This was delayed because of MGM going bankrupt. So Thor, he then made Thor, and they were released similar at similar times. Mm. I will not, say this I much: I think Thor was released maybe a year before two eleven. Yeah, two eleven and. Um, this came out to 2012. Fuck me, time flies, hey. 211. Yeah. That shit's fucking, what am I, 13 years ago now, something? 2023? Anyway, um, there's a lot of CGI for some of the monsters, but there's a lot of um, proper props as well. But like uh, Witty's already said, you're looking at four main sets, dominant use of the warehouse, multiple levels, dominant use of the cabin, and then like the cliff face, and obviously the bullshit trope lead up with the gas station stuff. So I'm reckoning... We've had to narrow these down recently because these can obviously be done cheap. I'm going to say, despite the couple of pretty big names in there who are massive names now, I'm going to say that it was $10 million to make it. And we just look like you saw a fucking ghost. I'm either 100% <laughs> right or I'm fucking way off. And I reckon, I reckon this movie, when it was released properly, is what I'm going with, made about $85 million. Tell me some good news. Do you want to guess? You already know, Tom. I already know, yeah. Big Tom knows. 30 million to make. Oh, never happened. 66.5 at the box office. 30 million. Fuck, what do they build that factory or some shit, man? Like, the big snake was clearly CGI. They made, like, they filmed in on him. Mm. Stack of CGI million. in it. You reckon they might have been demanding some big salaries? I don't uh, know. I don't know. I mean, salaries I, don't add up for that much, I don't think. I don't know if maybe CGI was not. Super cheap in 2008 to the level they were making it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's, it's a few very years expensive. Older. One day right. we're going to look up how much it costs to make a movie. Yeah. So we can be way more informed. Yeah. Nah, yeah. because then I'll always guess right. <laughs> 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 okay, there you go. Well, 66 million. So it's destroyed its budget. That's good. Like, you know, double in a bit. I mean, there's no sequel for this movie. Like, there can't be. Can't be. Yeah. Well, yes, right. Fucking world ends. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, folks, but as the boys have said, it was released twice for fuck's sake. You had two chances to go to the movies and see it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Don't know if that would be considered like a bit bit of an underperformer or not. I think if the same cast came out with their attraction now, you, that would, this would fucking destroy because purely because people are like, what are these guys doing in this? What is this? And it would just draw so much attention. Yeah, but, but I mean, the ham dog was just about to explode with Thor. Yeah, I mean, you say that and you look at the cast and like um, da- the girl who plays Dana, Kristen Connolly, like was in House of Cards and not much else that I could see. Anna Hutchinson, who plays Jules, was in nothing, but nothing that Ralph recognised. Nothing is not a movie. That's just, that's just nothing. Yeah, uh, Fran- 
Fran Kranz, who played Marty, <laughs> he was in The Village. That was in 2004. Oh, I know who he was in that. Yeah, yeah. right, okay. And then Jesse Williams, who played Holden. Uh, I mean, he was in Grey's Anatomy. But, yeah, I mean, apart from that, there weren't, his, weren't, there weren't mega stars in this movie apart from Chris Hemsworth, and he wasn't a mega star yet. Yeah, that was a breakout role. I'm wondering if it was his first, well, I can recall, one of his first major movies. You said something about Red Dawn? Yeah, that yeah, was Red 2012. Dawn. Was that widely released? So Red Dawn and this were made by the same company, but they went bankrupt. They couldn't release the movies. Man. So you'd be spitting chips if you're Hemsy at the time. I can't believe MGM is gone, man. Because I mean, mm. you still so see so many movies from the decades and decades of, of action. Well, I don't know had. if they went, compl- I don't know if they folded. They just, had, they just went broke and had financial issues. They might have been resurrected by someone or bought by someone. They went into administration. Relegated to right. meatball. That's <laughs> some hectic stuff. Um, so Josh Whedon basically said this movie is um, a critique of what we love and what we don't about horror movies. Basically, I love being scared. I love the mixture of thrill of horror, the objectification, identification thing of wanting definitely for the people to be all right, but at the same time hoping they'll go somewhere dark and face something awful. The things that I don't like are kids acting like idiots, the devolution of the horror movie into torture porn and into a long series of sadistic comeuppance. Uh, Drew Goddard and I both felt that the pendulum had swung a little too far in that direction. So basically, movies have been stopped being creative and basically fallen into this trope of here's some always super attractive people in dangerous situations. Someone will get naked probably at some point and then they'll all die horrible deaths and it wasn't just stop being creative. Oh, I thought you had something to say, Woody, nodding no. away over there. Oh, just no, in agreement. Yeah. No, all right. Well, I mean, I agree with that because this is a very creative movie because no one's ever done this before, but it's it's been done. I mean, you can, I, fair play to the script writers out there and stuff. Like, we just did Barbarian. That's cool, but it's been done. Like, the, that premise has been done, the isolation premise. Like, they're, they're starting to run out of ideas, so that was really cool, but I do get that it's becoming very heavy on the same thing over and over again. Like, when we did X... That was almost like a piss take of it as well because they kind of had that set up as well, but it was just sort of differently done, I guess. But um, I, I, I hear what they're saying, but you can only make this movie once. Then you've got to come up with a new fucking idea, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, at one point in this movie when they're in the lake, I was like, oh, man, that could be the lake from X. I know <laughs> X was made many years afterwards, but like all of it is so familiar. So You're familiar, like, yeah. And yeah, it's just they've just taken the best parts from or the most recognizable parts from all the horror movies of the same sort of genre and jammed them into this one movie so that you go sit there going, oh, that could be from this, this could be from that, and then there's a massive twist with the uh, the whole thing being a massive setup. Um, before we get into our favorite scenes, uh, they were sued over this movie in 2015. Um, Peter Gallagher filed a copyright infringement saying that they basically stole an idea from his book in 2006. He sued him for $10 million. Uh, the case was dismissed. So, What was his book? Uh, it was called The Little White Trip, A Night in the Pines. Sounds awful. Little white load of <laughs> shit. Don't see how you could rip that from something that sounds like that. <laughs> Who the fuck's Peter Gallagher? Sounds like a kid's book. Yeah. Oh. A horrifying kid's book probably. I don't know, but he didn't win his case. His case so yeah, that was done. Um, some pretty key moments in this movie. Uh, what, you guys got a favorite scene or a scene that you thought really was important to the movie that sort of made it work? I felt too early on maybe put it, put the plot of the movie on the radar or the intention behind what is going on. Firstly, when they leave their college house, it's not a dorm, but a shared house perhaps, and they take off, there's a guy planted on their roof that looks like a sparky electrician 
when he calls through to someone saying, uh, the nest is clear, we're good to go. So you're kind of like, oh, what? Yeah, I, have a, I have a question about that, that whole thing. So how, how much before they leave for the cabin were they already being manipulated by the agency? Like they die, uh, they give Jules the hair dye, which makes her dumb and she dyes her hair blonde. And they had the guy sitting oh, on the really? roof. Oh, really? I didn't even fucking pick up on that. Yeah. So, like, they've been already manipulating him before they go to the cabin. So, like, how, like... But then they fuck up because old mate who's smoking heaps of weed seems to become more yep. immune to their... Like, their rigging of it. You know what I mean? Did they say that they laced his weed as well? Uh, yeah, they did. They said that they... It was, and there's... We might, we'll get to a sort of a, another moment in this movie, which is a bit of foreshadowing. Basically, they say, yeah, we we took his weed and chemically altered it so he would make him dumber. He's meant to be a dribbling <laughs> idiot or something. Yeah, But in fact, he was actually like seeing everything that was happening really clearly. He just clearly. punches so many cones that he's, in, he's immune. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that obviously radioing through, radioing through like what's going on here and then um, a scene where they're making their way through the mountains and they're getting close to their destination. We see the uh, iconic American eagle flying overhead before it goes headfirst into uh, an invisible barrier. Hmm. Um, that we see later on uh, and crash down to earth. So you're like, okay, what's what's actually happening here? What's going on? Um, and then they obviously get to the cabin and we, we kick things off from there. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with the, the eagle one as well. I remember that from the first time I watched it, that been a moment I've been like, oh, this is not going to be the movie I thought it was going to be. Oh, fucking, you, absolutely. You go into it thinking this is going to be another classic stabbing cabin. Stab cabin, but not in a good way. Yeah, and I mean, re-watching it, that scene surprised me again because they go through the thing. I was like, oh, that's probably not where that shield is. And then the eagle fucking flies into it. One I had that was interesting to me, and I don't know why it happened, is why did the tunnel in and out fail to explode and they haven't got a reasonable explanation and they're like almost fucked because of that? So, you know, how he's running down... um, Jenkins' character, was he's running down there like, what's going on, what's going on? They're like, we don't know, it's electrical fault. So obviously their plan is to keep them cooped up in a certain area so the murder family can get them, but it hasn't happened. And it's like, is that the gods interfering or is there something whole, bigger at play? I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, I didn't get that either. And they, I mean, they managed to blow it up, or, or, but they're already in the tunnel, you know what I mean? So they, only, they almost get out. The only thing I could think of is that when Marty isn't dead and he gets back into that room and he's got the wall cables open, that somehow he's messed with their system but I, I, I don't think that's ever explained they just at the it end they're just like, like it's not our fault or he's messing he's got a box open in that lift um, and he's playing around with something in there um, you see all the wires exposed so maybe I think that might have been it I think that's the reason it's Marty has caused the glitch because he's mm. dragged off scene oh um, yeah because he's off scene for ages yeah so they were what they obviously where they come from is they must have these uh, these cubes, chambers, enclosures on that lift system and then just boost them into the arena, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then that's where the monsters go and kill everyone. So he's been dragged back to it by old mate. And then it's basically, well, I thought he was dead. It's basically giving him access to behind the scenes. Can I ask you yeah, guys like, why is there a survivable option? So why don't they just trigger like a fucking big flamethrower thing to come out and burn them all up in one go? Well, they they kind of address that when uh, Bradley, what's his name? Brad Whitford. Brad, Brad Whitford. Whitford. 
Whitman. <laughs> Bradley Whitford, um, Hadley's his character in this, the guy from Billy Madison, West Wing, Get Out, yeah, all those movies. Yeah, um, if you're not sure who we're talking about. He Wings says, cousin. remember when it, when it used to just be throwing a virgin into a volcano? Oh, yeah, that's and right. And the guy's like, how old do you think I am? And they're like, having a joke about how easy it used to be to please the gods. And now you've got to make them, you've got to like fulfill all these categories. You've got to have a, a virgin and a, an athlete and a nerd or whatever yeah, and they've got to die in a certain order and they've got to suffer for their sins or whatever so that uh, like because at the end they're just like just kill them like, just, like they've already suffered they just need to die now so the suffering is as important as the just dying yeah true true that, that is a solid answer to that question obviously they don't explain why it's developed into that but it's he does say like back in the day we just fucking kill one kind of more good but now do, no. do we ever get any indication of is this being broadcast and is there, I view- that is, there, is there viewership? But there can't be because that would cause worldwide panic. <laughs> <laughs> so they're broadcasting to each other, though. Like, they're, well, I guess they're watching news segments and stuff of what's going on in the other countries. But maybe because that's more in public places. Like the Japanese ones in a schoolroom. I don't know why there's a camera, but there's one that there's like meteors falling. So that's just a news feed, I guess. Yeah, each of those different scenes in different places are. News. Like a shout out to different horror movies. Damn. So the one of them's in Japan and it's a girl that looks like from the ring. Yeah. Kyoto or whatever yep. the fuck she is. And then when they say all the other countries have failed, their their horror beasts have been defeated. One looks like King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. One is Aries. <laughs> one is supposed to be Stockholm, but it goes too quick, but that's meant to be the thing. Yeah. A movie yeah, 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 it is. I saw, um, I did see, I watched a YouTube where they basically showed that, that next to the setup, the the scene from the thing where the helicopter oh, really? flying in and it basically it's exactly the same, yeah. Oh, that's sick. Well, I don't get how the uh, meteor shower thing failed. That just wipes everything out, doesn't it? <laughs> what is that? Well, they all miss every fucking person in that town. I didn't town. see that. Yeah, there's just like raining fire. I don't fucking know. It's like the raptures is happening somewhere, but it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> um, to your point, uh, be- oh, I can't remember what your point was before about um, just before we got onto this topic, I oh, completely blanked on it now. Um, oh, well, you know why there was a transition oh, between just oh, throw them in a volcano and now it's Oh, no, horrible. no. Um, is, other, is anyone else watching? Yeah, I think that was his point, but yeah. yeah um, they kind of suggest that like, and I, I know this from a bit more reading, that like they kind of suggest that, that movie, like horror f- audiences, so us, horror watchers, Basically, buy tickets to movies that have that fill these sort of criteria. They've got like mm. hot chicks getting naked, then getting stabbed to death, people dying in horrible ways, and so people just keep making those movies over and over again. And that's why they're kind of like allude to it by saying, you know, we're not the only ones watching. It's like other people are spending their money to watch movies exactly like this, and that's why they keep being made. But in terms of the actual movie, no, I just think it's the, uh, <laughs> I think it's just like the gods and Sigourney Weaver watching. Yeah. Like we'd say, there'd be fucking worldwide panic going on. Like, what, uh, what's absolutely. this? What's this torture horror movie? Oh, it's real. <laughs> I know that guy. I was thinking, like, on a as a different layer, another layer. If this was reality TV, that it's kind of almost like not believable. I'm not saying believable, but there's so much reality TV nowadays, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> um, it just adds that extra twist to it. If people, if they were like making money or gaining benefit from viewership, it would actually be a pretty nuts concept but for what it is still great great movie great plotline i loved it overall yeah. it was fucking sick oh it was sick as well um all right let's uh let's get into our, the deaths because that's what we are ultimately here for oh yeah and there is 
well, we might as well start with Ollie having his guess at how many deaths there are because I actually, I have no idea either. <laughs> like I wrote down the five main characters and then just stopped writing them down because I don't even know if, if you can count them. Do you have a number, Woody? I've got a couple of numbers. <laughs> it's a range. Yeah, there's a lot of numbers for this yeah. one. Um, Look, I'm not going to waste too many people's time here, boys. Uh, I, I think I've nailed it once, possibly in our last episode. Uh, check that one out, Barbarian. But that was because Witty was lenient, used lube, etc. So this is, there's no way I'm going to get this because there's two whole things. There's the, the Cabin in the Woods killings that you think, oh yeah, you can count these off. And I started writing them down, then remember what actually happens. I'm going to say 48. It's just a fucking shot in the dark because people are just getting fucking ripped apart. Heads are coming off, fucking feeding to snakes. I mean, there's fucking CCTV footage in their main control room showing like, I think Witty pointed out, it was like, is he vomiting acid on that person's face? It's crazy <laughs> shit happening, man. It's impossible to know. I- I'm saying 48. 48? Oh, I'm going to go 72. 72. I've no idea. Like whole Your SWAT, whole good, s- SWAT teams just got annihilated. So Also, Sorry. like, how big is this operation if they've got like fully blown SWAT units? Just, I like, want to see the around. budget, man, of yeah. that place. <laughs> Fuck me. Let's firstly look at one of those bullshit answers that we always review. If the ancients have escaped, then everyone's dead, right? So one of the one of the fa- well, it's not a fun yeah. fact, but one of the comments is this would be the the highest death count in any other movie. <laughs> everyone dies. The yeah, globe cool. ends. That's great. We're not going with that. Um, well, we can look at yeah. Let's look at the the main screen deaths. There was fifty six. I know that Ooh, pretty, pretty close. close. Oh, I was fucking bored. Yeah. So and that was a total guess, folks. Fuck me. Yeah, I mean, and there is a breakdown. But if we look at our main characters. Um, our five cabin characters, there's, there's five, they all die, obviously. True that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then uh, really only three of them die in, in heinous ways. <laughs> um, you know, we won't, won't go too Well, you can bang them off, mate, because they're pretty cool. Yeah, so you got, uh, Julie gets um, her head sawed off by an old-fashioned dual saw. Almost sounds like an old porno. Mate, that scared the fucking shit out of me. I didn't see uh, the big Tom horse put his hands up there. I just wanted to say, Woody, did you see that death initially? I know they throw her head in, but I think they were bisecting her. It was across the chest initially, wasn't it? I thought they cut her in half. I I just thought they cut her throat. Yeah. I don't know. But it's why, also fucked up that they make him like, watch. Why get the sword if it's just for the throat, man? Just I don't know, know, man. Because they're, they're, they're zombies shit. from like 1830. Like what yeah, other weapons well, they, they have? need to think. That's a two-man saw, right? Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> two yeah. Pe- one person's holding and two people are cutting. Oh. It's just not efficient. Yeah, that got watching. me. Sick zombie. Yeah, and, then, and then Hemsey's just watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have uh, our man Hemsey. Crashing, he is doing the evil Knievel jump over the canyon to get everybody out. Go or go get help. Crashes into the invisible barrier. Um, then great name, also good car. Uh, we've got Holden um, impaled through the neck, and we're playing these clips because we can because there's only three of them. <laughs> That's um, true. So yeah, look, yeah, bang, bang, bang. Obviously, our last two. Uh, don't see him die, but they're together at the bitter end when the ancients rise again. Uh, very, very quick summary. Uh, at the end where all the carnage is kicking off, 
there is 12 security guards, six workers, nine people on monitors, scientists, five other random employees. Then we have... Then we random have, employees? Uh, they just say employees. <laughs> Some kind of like the janitor. They're like, oh, God. So, and then I have an important job. That is killed by werewolf, killed by clown, killed by unicorn, killed by a freaking unicorn. Um, and then basically... Um, our other main characters that are in the booth most of the time. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. correct. Yep. Did you guys fucking find the unicorn completely out of whack with everything that's going on here? Yeah, oh, mate. I'm going to cut to it. That was my favorite death because it was so weird. Let's do favorite deaths. That's, yeah. that's yeah. actually Well, take us through it, Tom. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, I mean, every other monster that they see, I mean, at one point, one of the characters comments, oh, this is the stuff of nightmares, and someone else replies, no, nightmares come from this stuff. And you're like, no, it's pretty fucked up. Um, and then everyone, every other bad guy or monster you can see in there is is derived from classic horror movies. Like there's the twins from The Shining. Um, there's a giant gorilla sitting in there. There's um, monsters from the movie, uh, the video game Left for Dead Two in there. Um, I mean, there's a whole host. I think you've got some of the other ones. There's a clown from oh, it. Mate. Like there's all kinds oh, of mate. them. I got the whole list. There's and like sixty. I don't think that they would be able to or have. Um, written them like, or portrayed them directly. So there's a clown, call it it, you know, a giant snake. I don't know if that would have been an anaconda or something. Don't know. But man, we've got the kraken. We've got you know rabbit dogs, werewolves, a thing that looks like a vampire. We've got a freaking robot that's going around. <laughs> yeah, man, that's my favorite so shit. I think I think the 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 official number something like sixty different ca- um, horror characters that they came up with for that. Um, Did we get a read on, um, just very quickly, Woody, if you've got it there, what old mate who is holding the ball was, who has steel embedded in his head? Oh, no, well, I'm it, wondering what the fuck he was, man. About 60 on there. Yeah. He go all the way through it. But, um, He's freaky, that guy. He's freaky, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the unicorn thing, just just classic. It's yeah. a fabled creature that, you know... You of, know of goodness and like kids have got light their and rainbows. And, and and, yeah, you know, unicorns and rainbows. And then this unicorn's just... Gores some prick to death, like as he's trying to like run away. <laughs> Stabs him twice. <laughs> that is just that's just hectic. All right, you guys, favorite deaths. Uh, I actually am going to say my favorite deaths are compiled into. I uh, hope I'm not stealing this off anyone, but they're compiled into when the lifts open, mainly because the SWAT team or security team leader just goes, "Ah, fuck, all right, shit, or whatever." And like a fucking tree arm comes out of one of the lifts to just grab some fucker. But you, because we've watched this movie twice, you probably have to watch that scene in itself multiple times. But that's really, that's like, oh my God, there's a tree arm. There's another creature that comes out. There's the fucking robot thing that comes in. And it's just absolute carnage. And I just love that scene because they're fucking shooting it out for a little while, but they're all just getting absolutely pissed on. So yeah, that's my favorite. And I think if I had to choose an individual killer, it would be that stupid yellow crazy robot that's like driving down the stairs after that fucking guy, like trying to get him with its... Like, what the fuck is that? I mean, I'm assuming that's like a... What are those games? What's those games we used to watch on TV? Like... Um, robot Wars or something. Robot Wars or some shit. It's like robot one of them that's lost its plot or some bullshit. <laughs> but I mean, it still fucking fucks people up. Like, it's got a circular saw on it and stuff. So I just thought that was pretty cool. But that actual elevator door open scene, when I first watched this movie, and even just again now... Fucking sick, man. Just carnage. Carnage. 
What about you, Woody? Mate, I'm going with uh, the merman. <laughs> My just, man. It's just that scene. I found it so funny. I, I lost it laughing. Uh, Bradley Cooper, one of the showrunners, is desperate to see a merman um, in the the ritual to kill someone. And uh, at the very end, after he gets stunned by a grenade going off, something slowly crawls up uh, next to him. And he just says, oh, you've got to be, what does he say? You've got to be kidding. And then this thing starts like eating him and blowing blood out of its blowhole. Like it's just and it's, it's heinous. Like a mermaid is like a beautiful sea creature. This thing is disgusting. Oh, I've never even moved, fucking heard. You probably could have run away from it, man. It was moving pretty slow. <laughs> yeah. So no, that, uh, would be, that would be mine. Yeah, the yeah all round good deaths. And I mean, and you can keep going back and watching those, especially the, the masker scene oh. for all the different characters that are in there. And then every time they go across like the monitors in the control room, there's like a Patrick Bateman walking along with a sledgehammer wearing a raincoat. There's all kinds of like classic characters from different horror movies just making like little cameos throughout oh. the whole movie. It's it's just it's just really good. Another question I have as well is like like one thing that was really funny is like um had it written down here was as the carnage really kicks off after the elevators, like they're panning across like two floors. Like there's the floor and then there's like a uh, fucking the railing of a balcony and some dude just throws a guy off into the snake's mouth and shit. There's all sorts of stuff going on. But I'm wondering is, are these things going to start killing each other? Because they're, so. they're fucking, uh, they've got enough humans to start with. But eventually, because what's, what's interesting is, you know the girl with a little tooth face? And she's like, she's walking after a SWAT guy and then his zombies come in walking past her, ignore her completely and start going towards the two main characters who are still alive. And I'm like, well... They're obviously playing it up that the monsters will leave each other alone. Because like a unicorn would be prime pickings for the Kraken or something. <laughs> oh, eat you. Nom, nom, nom. But it's like, what the fuck? But I, mean, I guess obviously this doesn't have to make any sense. It doesn't, mate. That's why, <laughs> why you're going to love uh, film. I know? fucking do. Suspend reality. Enjoy yourself. Absolutely. But no, uh, yeah, it's, that, that scene where they're all busting out is just all time. Like a lot of work's gone into that and... You can't ask for much more, really. I haven't seen it in any other movies, so they've done well. Fun facts, Woody? Fun facts. Sprinkled a few in uh, whilst chatting, but um, my favourite fun facts are actually based on Marty's character, who is is my favourite character in in the movie. Um, Actor's name is Fran Kranz. So there was a scene. um, Obviously, he plays the the stoner. He's wearing very baggy clothing. He's a little bit disheveled. There's a scene where they all jump and run run and jump into the lake. And in most movies, obviously, the the stereotype is he's standing on the the jetty. He can't be bothered jumping in. Um, But what they didn't tell you is that he is actually super ripped, man. So his physique... Uh, Fran Kranz was so jacked that he actually looked more muscular than um, the other two. He looked, he, he was more carved than Hemsy. Really? Yeah. Dude, that guy with any clothing on looks like a fucking gimp. Mate, they were Fair calling play. him, like, they were calling him, like, I found, I couldn't find a picture of Fran Kranz without his shirt on, apart from in a different movie. But um, apparently at that particular point, he was. In really good shape, and they were calling him like Rips Jesus or something. <laughs> <laughs> so have a look at that, folks. Google him. That, He's fucking yeah, ripped. Yeah, yeah, good on him, mate. Well done if you're listening. Um, so yeah, another fun fact is he had to take uh, extensive lessons, uh, prop and behavior 
lessons slash training to capture the persona of a stoner to play Marty. So he received two-hour joint rolling sessions, uh, a separate bong lighting session from expert <laughs> consultants. In addition, um, the famous travel mug bong, uh, he had to get used to using different uh, marijuana smoking paraphernalia, including that, um, including like handling his stash, his pipes, etc. So um, here's a, a question for you guys and I'll let you guess. Guess how much that it costs to make that mug bong. Like the prop. Oh, yeah. The uh, prototype. I, I, this should, is I think I know this. So, oh, you go first. I think I read this. I mean, Witty just said excessive, and I'm just remembering him using it, then closing it at the start of the movie. Yeah. It's a pretty funny scene. I'm going to say about five grand. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Holy shit. Fuck. No, no, no. Five grand. Yes. <laughs> on the but how? It's a fucking, it's I just know, a plastic thing, isn't it? It doesn't even have to be real, does it? I just what are these guys doing? Maybe some guess that. <laughs> well, I just thought excessive for that, like five grand. I don't know, but maybe the director uses it as his personal cone smoker. I don't know. <laughs> Why would they make a real one? That makes no sense. Lightsabers cost like fifty bucks for Star Wars. <laughs> oh man, that's cool fact. It's pretty nuts, man. Maybe they use it after. I don't know. Well, I'd say that prop lives on. If it's worth five grand, fuck me, Dan. It's probably still out there somewhere. Um, Victor Silva. Uh, who is the writer of Jeepers Creepers, the original Jeepers Creepers, number one, uh, was considered to direct this movie and so was a guy called Bruce Campbell. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that would have been sick. Absolutely. But uh, Drew Goddard really wanted to get his directorial debut. Um, This is his debut, is it? Yeah. Ah, Excellent debut. Yes. And Drew Goddard, uh, sorry, Josh Wedden was also... Uh, considering doing it himself, directing himself. So cool. if he made it, it would be so long. Yeah. <laughs> well, go, yeah, I guess. I, What's a wedding movie? Just long. Well, They're just yeah. long yeah. ass movies. He made, he made Justice League, didn't he? That was long. That was Zach, a cut down Zach version. Snyder. No, the Zack Snyder. Sorry, that was, yeah. his one was like four hours long. But I'm, I'm wondering if, like, I mean, there has to be a connection with Hemsey joining the Marvel Universe and working with him on this. A few years prior. Yeah, because Joss Whedon also directed Age of Ultron, didn't he? The Avengers Age of Ultron movie. Yeah. That's long. I think um, he, yeah, the, I think he did the Avengers and a lot of Phase 1 are involved in it. He's like, he's like the president of Marvel uh, Marvel Cinemas, isn't he? Oh, right. I don't know. Something like that. A big hitter. Uh, yeah. Anyway, look, a couple more we, we did already discuss. Uh, the uh, homage to the horror genre from different scenes. Um, going through you know, Japan, The Ring... Uh, what was it? Buenos Aires, King Kong. That's cool. Uh, the camper was supposed to be a shout out to the Hills Have Eyes. Oh, I didn't oh, yeah. get that one at all. Nah. That's cool though. That passed me right. A good by. Easter egg. Cool. That's a pretty good Easter egg. Um, and that that pretty much sums it up. Sorry, boys. I kept it tight, but we've already sort of discussed a few. No drama. That's nah, good. Um, all right. So I've got a couple of questions for you guys. Um, if everything in is everything in the cellar, I know this is kind of answered in the movie, but does everything in the cellar correlate to a different monster? Yes, I believe it does. Now, having seen the ending, like seeing the movie through again, and I paid definitely paid more attention. But there's so many people that kind of pop up briefly on screen that match, like even the little China face doll motherfuckers and stuff come out of a lift at one point. So I'd say yes, nearly everything would. So Which I mean, is extremely fucking probably leading to your next question. Oh, my next question is like, if they just never went down there, then this doesn't happen, right? So, do they have a if they if they've only got till the next morning to to appease the gods? 
if they never went down there, what are they going to do? Yeah, no, good point. And to answer the question question again, no, probably not. I don't think you could have a little trinket or something to cover all those monsters. Like there must be one by out by the jetty or something that triggers the merman. I would really love to know what that one is actually. That would be he, cool. He does say he had it in his hands, so we'd have to go back and have a look. One of them definitely was playing with the object that would have brought the merman. No, no, no. He was playing with the object which would have brought the blade head guy. Axe man, axe head dude. Oh. Yeah, because he's holding it when they go to the cube, and that's why he's so shitty because they've lo- he's loaded up on that that thing that Chris Hemsworth was playing oh, with, and he was okay. about to press the middle button, and then she's like, "Wait," because she's fucking reading the book horror thing. Oh. Yeah, um, best character in the movie. I think I think we'll all agree it's Marty. Marty. Yeah. Hands down, steals it. Marty. Although, strong second place, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. Oh, Whitford's. Bradley Whitford was great. Oh, yeah. dude, he's Tequila just so funny. is my lady. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a funny bastard. Just the way he delivers it, man. He's a funny dude. Yeah. If you're ever having a bad day, folks, just think of him and Billy Madison doing that stupid laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he's so funny. He's such a good actor. Tell him yeah. about the lunch. Like, the <laughs> shit that he says in that movie. Oh, he recovered well from it. <laughs> uh, could they ever make a second one of these? Nah. No, I mean, look, I mean, anything's possible. They may have, I mean, killing Marty at that last second might have sent them back down to earth, but everything's fucked anyway. Yeah, you know, only because the hand comes through. Yeah, can I say no? Positively, no. Yeah, I agree with I agree with you. I think that the the world ends, and so there is couldn't be a second one unless they had like they survive somehow or there's some post-apocalyptic world. But there is a I lot of stuff on the internet. But if fo- there's I don't no, think no. you want a sequel. I think it just uh, a standalone for this one. Yeah, gets the job 100%. done. Oh, and that leads into my last question: Does the world end? And yes, it does. I think so. Yeah. Um, Ollie, you got any questions? Yeah, I do. Um, had a few things. Um, I don't understand how the main. I just wanted your boy's opinion on how the main murder family from that is triggered to kill them initially has a very unique weapon, which is a bear trap attached to a fucking chain. That he's like, sort of fucking shot put. What was that fucking hammer throwing onto mo- the motherfuckers? And how would that work? It's not possible, right? Because you'd have to have some sort of lever action that doesn't shut until it hits. It just it makes no fucking sense. Mate. It's a cool weapon, but I wonder if anyone could actually do anything with that, like activate the lever with the chain for any purpose, or just nah. And even if you could, if it closed on your back, it would snap your spine. So I yep. don't think you. I don't think you wear. It you, would, wouldn't it? Like it would just rip take a big it, hole in you. Like old mate Holden takes it and then he's able to just keep running around and stuff. Like and then gets mate, dragged, like gets pulled up, suspended yeah. in midair. By it, yeah, no, he'd be, man. yeah, be dead. Yeah, yeah, it would have ripped out in like all of his back flesh and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a hook on a chain or something. Where he just lowers it down and hooks you or something. I can get that. And there's a scene where he's hanging out of the ceiling and that would work. But this whole thing, I was just like. That would hurt like shit. It would knock you out or whatever. But there's no way he can get it onto you. Then like, ah, like fucking clamp it, and then you get snapped. I mean, what the fuck? But inventive, it nonetheless. Yep. Absolutely. Core rating. Oh, uh, eight, seven point five. Oh, don't see Julie get her head cut off. See a bit of stabbing. Oh, goriest part. Poor. I'm probably skipping over something. Holden getting his neck stabbed. No, I was going to go. The gross part was when all the monsters came out and m- yeah. massacred the hard, team. It's a hard fucking 10. I was going to go for a 10 as well. That room is completely covered in blood. Yeah. yeah. Khan's getting eaten by zombies, bro. But that's, but that's kind of like... Yes, it's part of the movie, but 
in terms of main characters getting like dying and gore as well, it was yeah. kind of just like a like a, a royal rumble of shit happening at the end. <laughs> yeah. So cool, definitely yes. Yeah, I'll take your point. But no, look, I'll, I'll I'll up it. I'll up it to an eight point five. All right. And uh, best death, or gorious death, I guess. Ooh, that's a tough one. And I think we just would have to just limit that to the three main characters. Although none of their deaths are that gory, are they really? I mean, I reckon the throat impaling is probably the most yeah. visual one. Because we heavy. don't see we Jules, Jules get their head cut off, then that would be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, the way I see it, I sort of, maybe we watch so many fucked up movies, I see further than they went with it. But I swear they were bisecting her, man. I don't know. Me too, man. I'll have to like YouTube it. that shit. <laughs> Also, they make him watch. Be careful what you use. Yeah, no shit. I just get terminated from work. Like, we know what you'd be looking up, friend. (laughs) You're going to cry. You guys got anything else to add to this one? Um, This movie is rated R. 100%. For those who are are wondering. um, And it has a rating of 7 on IMDb. So Higher than I would have guessed. I would have given it more. Cool. I would have given it more as well. Really? It's a good movie. I would have given it 7.5. Yeah. I don't know how IMDb does its ratings, though. So, I'd expect The Godfather to have like a 9.5 then. Let's yeah. put it that way. And he probably does. But cool. The Godfather. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's cool. Yeah, it's definitely from the nines. But that's, uh, that's it from, from me. Yeah, don't watch, uh, don't watch if you're under 18. Don't watch with the... Oh, you can watch it with your family, but be over 18. And that's all for me, folks. Also, maybe just go and watch a few other horror movies beforehand because then you'll get all the in-jokes. Definitely 100%. go and watch Evil Dead. Too many reference jokes. Yeah, watch yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Wild Horseman Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the Wild Horseman Podcast. We're all on Instagram. I'm at Tom Wildy. Ollie is at Wildy Ollie. And Witty is at Witty151. If you like what we're doing here, hit the subscribe button, tell family and friends, and leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us get the show out there. If you do leave a review or an email suggestion, we'll send you a prize. Please get involved and they'll be on their way. And you can hit us up on two wildhorsemen at gmail.com or on our socials and we'll stick any movie ideas on the list. And until next time, we are the horsemen. <laughs>